We want moms to take a seat, and uh, the message today, the title will be Take a Seat. And so um, the truth is moms work hard. Yeah, they do. Uh, They're busy, and uh, it's busy. Uh, It's ongoing. It never ends, and sometimes it's a thankless job. Can be mundane, another diaper change. I've been watching my wife do this for what, 16 years now? Another diaper change, another meal time, another kitchen's closed, right? Another bedtime routine, another stress-filled day. And they also have double roles, right? Dual roles. A lot of times, uh, women are going to work now, and so they're being mom, and then they got to go to work and, you know, be this professional, and then come home and be mom again, and That's hard. It's hard to work and then go home to work. Just a reminder, guys, we should be doing that as well. Sometimes we think we've made the money and we can just sit down. I'm guilty of that. Moms, you need to take a seat. Also, the dual role of like leading your kids while at the same time following your husband. How hard is that? You want me to be a leader or follower? What am I supposed to be right now? <laughs> you know, and that's tough. Moms are busy. You all agree? Moms are busy. And, uh, but I want to widen that out because this isn't just a message for moms. This is a message for everyone. And uh, I'd just say we're all busy, right? We all have fallen into the trap of my smartphone makes me smarter. And uh, now I can do everything. I can drive and talk. Uh, and get business done, and all at the same time, right? And uh, it's, it's sped life up quite a bit. We're all busy. Matter of fact, this world expects us to be busy. It encourages it. The busier you are, the more glorified you'll be. That's a lie, but that's what the world's saying. Satan likes it when we're busy. He's having a great day when you're stressed out. What's the solution to this? I got to take a seat. That's it. The solution is sometimes on your journey with Jesus, we're starting a sermon series, Journey with Jesus. We'll be a few weeks in it. I don't know how long. We'll just see how long it takes. How about that? We're going through John. That's going to take a while. But we're going to go through this series at least four weeks, and we'll just keep going. If it'll be seven, it'll be seven. Chapters four and chapters five of John, you can turn there. What's the solution? What's the solution? Take a seat. Take a seat. That's the solution. On the journey with Jesus, sometimes you have to, you just need to take a seat. Sit by the well, get refreshed. So we see this in John chapter four, story of the woman at the well. Just thinking about her story, how many kids did she have? Five husbands, the one she had was not her own. Or was it because she couldn't have kids that she was seeking all of that attention? We don't know. doesn't say anything about kids, does it? We're going to study this passage. It's a very awesome passage. Jesus is an amazing, amazing example to us. And uh, let's just pray as we get into God's word. John chapter 4. Father God, I pray that today, in this place, 
your name would be lifted high, that only you and you alone would receive glory and honor and praise. Yes, we honor our, our uh, moms. They've done awesome. And uh, Lord, sometimes they've sinned, <laughs> and other times they've just followed you with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Thank you for the grace and the blood of Jesus Christ that wipes us, washes us, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. I pray that moms will feel today a fresh wind, a fresh fire, a, 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 your Holy Spirit anew. The blood, <laughs> the covering again, and the love of the Father so tangibly that when they walk out of here, their heart will be changed from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh, from weeping and mourning to joy and laughter because you have done everything we need and you are the God we love. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. John chapter 4. I'm just going to get after the first four verses and kind of give you a little uh, background. And then uh, we'll read all of it, uh, the rest of the story. John chapter 4. Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria. So I just want to give you a little introduction on those four verses before I read the rest of the passage. There's a lot going on there. First of all, Jesus learned. Hold on. I thought Jesus knew everything, right? Fully God, fully man. So, so what it's saying there is that somebody told Jesus, the Pharisees have heard about what you're doing. You're more famous. You're more of a threat to their religious authority than John is. They're now coming for you, right? So that's, that's the case. The Pharisees, when we go through John, and all of the Gospels show this, the Pharisees are like the arch enemy, the, the rival of Jesus. Everything Jesus does, they're like, that's bad. No matter if it's good or bad, they're like, that's bad, right? You have anybody like that? You can't do anything right. You're just like, I did it. I thought it was good, but it's bad. Anybody? It's like, yeah, we all have that person, right? That just can't really, doesn't really like us. That's okay. The Pharisees are that. Now, conflict's a thing. Can you, can you believe that? Anybody? Conflict's a thing. This isn't a message about conflict. How about we skip that part? But you need to know this. The God of the universe, Jesus Christ himself, understands how to handle conflict. Some other time I'll preach this. He knows when to flee, and he knows when to face it, right? And in this scenario, he's like, I'm out. It's like, no need to stand and defend. I'm out. I'm leaving, right? Sometimes that's a good choice. Men, with your wife today, that's a good choice. Pick tomorrow. All right, good. All right, just, just a little free advice on Mother's Day. Men, you're welcome. All right. If I could only practice what I preach, my life would be so much easier. Jesus was making disciples and baptizing more disciples than John. I mean, that's a big deal because John had a revival going on. Although Jesus himself did not baptize 
but only his disciples. So what is that saying? Jesus baptized his disciples, and once he did that, he's like, you're going to baptize, right? And we're already on the trajectory of that in our church. We, all are, we already think it's weird that the pastor has to baptize everybody. That's not kind of, nobody's hoarding the ministry, right? Somebody gets saved over in your small group, get to some water quickly. Take a video so we can celebrate on Sunday, please, all right? Because we'd all like to enjoy that. But like, just get them underwater, right? Dead, alive in Christ. All right. Then he says this, he left Judea. Let's throw a map up there. He left Judea and he departed again for Galilee. So Judea's at the bottom. Do you see it there? Judea's at the bottom. Jerusalem's in Judea. He left Judea. He went up through Samaria. He's going to travel through Nazareth on this journey. We're going to study in the next couple of weeks to Cana. And the reason Capernaum's on there is you're going to see somebody comes from Capernaum. That's like 15 plus miles. All right. So he had to go through um, Samaria, it says. So he left Judea, went to Galilee. But here's the deal. Jews hated Samaritans. Samaritans hated Jews. And because of that, they would do anything to not be involved with one another. So they would always walk around. Do you know how far out of the way that is? That's a two-day decision, right? It's going to be 150, 120, excuse me, 120 miles around either way. And it's going to be 70 miles to go through. What would you do? We're not driving. What would you do? I'm walking through. I'm going like this. Like, I am not walking around. But that will show you just how stubborn, just how hard, just how... More on that in a second. All right. He had to go through Samaria. So that's how he went, straight up through Sychar by Mount Gerizim. And, uh, and he, you know, where Jacob's well was, and he went straight through. So he had to. Why does it say he had to? So this word, he had to pass, he had to, okay? This is used in John of submission to the Father. He was submitting to the Father's will. It wasn't like, ah, I need two extra days, so I'm going to go through. If you read the story correctly, when we get to the end of chapter 4, the Samaritans are going to say to him, could you stay a while? Guess how long he stays? Two days. Hmm. 50 miles. Two days. God divinely appointed this, this meeting right? Gave the Lord two days extra to be in Samaria rather than walking around the long way and he still got to his destination exactly on time. You just got to get, get, get this. God's always on time. So Jesus is doing some amazing things here. Let me read the rest of the passage. Okay. Verse five, pick it up there. You guys got it? Eyes on Bible. All right, here we go. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and so Jesus, wearied, human, as he was from his journey, a journey with Jesus, right? This is the series, was sitting beside the well. Take a seat. It was about the sixth hour. That's 6 p.m. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. 
for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask me for a drink? Right? I'm a woman of Samaria. For Jews had no dealings. They wouldn't use the same utensils as Samaritans. Jesus answered her. I have written in my Bible right there, wow. If somebody got snarky with you, and you're the Lord of the universe, rabbi, teacher, and she's like, Samaritan woman, I don't need to be talked to that way. I ain't answering nothing. I'm not thirsty anymore. Can we just get ourselves in the story? Jesus answered her. Verse 10, that ought to be highlighted in your Bible. The patience of Jesus, what he's done for us, how he comes for us again and again is amazing. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Difference between well water and living water well water, sit still. Ugh. How many of you guys want to wa- drink lukewarm water? Mm-mm, no. But spring water, right? Living water, fresh water, oh, that's different. That's good. It's got some ice in it or whatever. You know, you get it. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with. And the well is deep. I know, i got to let the bucket down. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? Now she's really snarky. He gave us the well and drank from it himself. I mean, he dug 100 feet down. As did his sons and his livestock. You're lower than cattle. Jesus said to her, He answers again. Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in. You need to circle that. In him, a spring of water welling up to, let it out of the bag, eternal life. We're not talking about physical here. We're talking about spiritual stuff. She should catch on right now. Eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water. Now who's being pushy? I want it right now so so that I will not be thirsty and Won't have to come here to draw water. So she still wants it because it's a physical thing. Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, five divorce papers. This is crazy. And the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is technically true. Take a seat. 
We need to learn to take a seat. So what's that look like? In the passage, okay, there's five steps, right? It includes five things. And I want to show you these five things in the text. Here's the first thing. I need to be honest when I'm tired. Being honest when I'm tired. That's what it includes. That's the step. Being honest when I'm tired. Do you see the example of Jesus Christ? He was honest. <laughs> hey, bros, I can't go any farther. I'm not going to make it. I need to sit down. Y'all go to the town if you want. Please bring back some food if you can. But I am spent. We're talking about Jesus here. Superman. Like, he died on a cross. You're thirsty? You can't make it? Like, come on, dude. If they would have only known he was going to do that, they might have gave him a hard time right? But he sat. Why? Because he was thirsty? Because he was weary? Yeah, great for all that. He sat because he knew he had a divine appointment. He knew this is where he needed to be. He was tired and yet still filled with the Holy Spirit and ready to do the work of the Lord. The woman comes by to come to draw water. Um, in that day and age, that was woman's work. That's a little sexist that we would never say that, okay, in our culture. That's, that's not okay, right? Changing diapers isn't a woman's work. I need to change diapers too. I'm just saying she changes more than I do. That's fair, right? Change one this morning. Try changing one on a six-year-old. That ain't fun. You just take a bath at that point. Just, just too much information. But you just take a bath at that point. That's what we did. Try doing that in a suit. All right, it was dad's day. It was dad's day. It was dad's day. It's time to do it. Time to work so mom could sleep in. It's a lot of fun. I'm glad to do it. You're worth it in every way. Anyway, it's not just a woman's work. That's what I, the point was that. And, uh, but, but, women would spend up to 50% of their waking hours taking a big jug on their head or on their shoulder, carrying them and walking to get water for their families. What a sacrifice moms make. What a sacrifice women make for their culture, for their society, for their kids, husbands. I'm just so grateful for moms in that way. She came to draw water. Jesus spoke to her. Okay, this isn't a like, give me a drink, like, give me a drink, right? This isn't like, uh, go get my slippers, you know? This isn't like any of that. Okay, you got to get this. Turn to your husband or wife or whoever's with you and just say, it's not like that, right? It's not like that. It's not, it's not what we're talking about, all right? It's not like that, honey, all right? It's not like that. This is a humble, probably even humiliating request. This is not culturally acceptable. What he's doing shows a ton of humility. Would you help me? I need help. I'm thirsty. That's what it is. So just so we're clear, because some people are like, well, he demanded a drink, and no wonder she got snarky with him. 
That's not exactly it. She must have been having a bad day and probably a bad life uh, after we read all that she was messed up in. So then she responds. Do you see it there? Look there. How is it that you, a Jew, ask from me, you know, a drink from me, a, a woman of Samaria? I'm trying to, I'm kind of getting into the, um, the next point here, but just this, this is the point. You can kind of tell by her response, she hasn't had enough sleep today. All right? Let's just, you know, she just, she's on edge. Anybody? If you haven't had more than seven hours of sleep in the last couple days, you're probably there, right? Trigger. Like, here it comes. And uh, so every one of you should have this card. You got this card? Sorry, yours doesn't have pink and yellow. I just kind of like to gussy mine up. Um, but I just wrote the date here. Um, May 12th, it's mom's day, and uh, there's this physical, spiritual, I have mental and emotional, I wrote emotional on mine, and there's some categories under there, and there's an E for empty and a F for full, and this is your gauges. You got a dashboard? You got a life? Are you tired? Well, how do I know? Well, this piece of paper will help you, all right? So how you doing? How full are you? How much gas do you have in the tank? How much Holy Spirit is there? For you physically, well, are you doing these things? And I'm just a little under half a tank, right? I'm coming back from back surgery. I'm trending the right way. I'm going up. It's great, right? It's, a, it's an excited half a tank, right? All right. And then spiritually, you got these gauges, right? You don't want to be in the red line area, right? The like quarter of a tank and under. You definitely don't want to, when the light comes on your dash and says you have 25 miles or two, you're not sure? Ah! You don't want to be in that position, okay? So I, I put a little red on there, so I, you don't want to be redlining, okay? So spiritually, I'm at half a tank, right? I'm listening to the Bible every day. I'd like to be reading the Bible every day. You know, all that different things. And, and uh, you know, hey, there's good stuff with, you know, but I want to go deeper, right? Memorization can be better, you know, whatever. You, you judge yourself. I just judge me, okay? Jesus is the judge, right? And then mentally and emotionally, man, I'm just, I'm a little above a quarter of a tank. So this one scares you. You're like, oh, hold on. How are your relationships? Are you reading any books? Are you got any me time? You got like, like, and I don't mean me time, like watching television and movies. That's on here too. But like, what kind of television and movies are you watching? Are you filling yourself up or not? So what I'm asking you to do is check yourself today, right? You can, maybe you did it right now, but later if you want or now, you just check yourself. How tired am I? I think this will help you. Don't run on empty. It might be time to take a seat. You know? I mean, if the card says take a seat, it might be time to just, like, take a seat. That's okay. Even if you're a mom. Just communicate to your hubby, I need to take a seat. And that will go just fine. All right. Next step. All right, verses 9 and 10. Next step, um, deciding to talk with God personally. So she um, talks back to God. That's not a great thing. But she talks back to Jesus. She didn't know he was God. At least that's good. <laughs> 
Samaritan woman said, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? This is not culturally acceptable, for the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her. That's the most astounding thing in the passage. He answered her, and he said, hey, if you only knew the gift of God and who it is and, and, uh, that said this to you, you know, if you only knew how God orchestrated this whole thing, that I d- went this way, drove this way, walked this way, instead of walking around like everybody does. If you only knew that my exhaustion stopped me here, like my father's in control setting up this appointment, if you knew it, you would ask me, right? If you knew this was the God moment that it's going to be, you would have came running to me and said, give me water. But you didn't know. And so I'm not blaming you. And maybe you're here today and you don't know that today's the day that you're just going to like encounter Christ for the first time. Praise the Lord. We've all, we've all had that kind of encounter, I hope, or, or looking, seeking for that encounter again, again today. And it's so awesome. We, we call it this in our 10-year vision. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about, but uh, have a real conversation with God every day. That's one of our goals this year, this 10 years, that every one of our people in the church, or if you're visiting today, that you would have a real conversation with God every day. It doesn't have to be on your knees, but it, that, that can help with humility. It doesn't have to be with your eyes closed, but that can help with focus. It doesn't have to be a list in front of you that you're praying, but sometimes I'm ADHD and it helps. Have a real conversation with God. See, God was inviting her to living water. He was inviting her, just write this down, just ask. He's just like, just ask. Just ask me. I'll help. I'll tell. I'll be there for you. Just ask. And this is what we call prayer. I don't know if you pray or not. This is what we call it, prayer, right? It's a real thing. It's talking to God. I know he's invisible. He's like the wind. You see the effects of the wind, but you can't see him. And it bothers you. It bothers me. But we pray to a God who we see in the lives of other people, who we see in the circumstances around us, who we see in power and might. Even today in our church, as we were singing, I'm like, look around. There's a God I mean, it's just awesome to be here today and celebrate God with you. Let me give you a couple verses that will just encourage your heart in this regard. Uh, Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and hidden things that you do not know. That was the King James Version. Is that? It's kind of like whatever we put up there. (laughs) I memorized it before I uh, had this Bible. And then this, okay, from Hebrews 5. Verse 15 and 16. Just look at the... For we do not have a high priest, Jesus Christ, who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. No, he understands weakness. He was tired. But one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Tempted to talk back to his mom. Tempted to say to this lady, give me a drink! You know? He could have just like forced her, right? Like he's a man. I'll take that. Doesn't do that. Tempted, yet without sin. 
How patient. Let us then with confidence, because of who Jesus is and his character and all these seen, let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. How awesome is that? That makes you want to cry right there. It's just like, come on. That's the God we serve. And then James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Sure, you got to cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Yes, we do need to repent. You'll see that at the end. See, some say there's no God. Like, I don't believe in God. And to that, I would just want to challenge you, just exhort you, not rebuke you, but just exhort you, encourage you to do this. I challenge you to just take the next week or next couple weeks, and I challenge you to sit down with a Bible. We've given Bibles today. You can have one. If you didn't get one, just tell us. I challenge you to sit down with the Bible and before you open it to John chapter 1, I challenge you to like just ask God, just from your heart, just God, if you're real, show me. And then read John 1 or 2 or 3, 4 or keep going and keep asking him, okay? Beg him, plead with him. Hey, I'm just going to take a week, God. You got a week. But I'm asking you every day for the week and I'm reading your word, are you real? If that's the way you feel, I don't know, God's not real. Just, I, all I'm asking you is just give it a week. Here's what Jesus is doing right here. He's saying, you, woman, <laughs> hesitate to give me water I deserve. I made all water. I think that was the second day. But I'm not going to hesitate to give you water that you don't deserve. Just think about that. We hesitate to give God what he does deserve, a little attention, to take a seat, right? And, and he does not hesitate to give us what we do not deserve, his full and undivided attention, his grace, mercy, and love all at the same time. It's just awesome what God does for us. That pours us into the third point, sharing my doubts and questions freely. So part of taking a seat is rolling up to God and sharing your doubts, your fears, your questions freely. Look at what she does. Here it is. The woman said to him, verse 11, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with. Literally, no bucket, rope, you know. That's it. You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Deep well. Where do you get that living water? See the questions? She's like, hey, I'm questioning that you even got a clue what you're talking about. You are crazy right now, right? I've, I know this area. There's no spring around here. Like, it's like, this is it. Water source one and only. Are you greater than our father Jacob? Let's just play the trump card. You know, I'm related to a guy that's pretty important, Jacob. It's so like a long time ago, but he's important. He gave us the well, drank from it himself, and as his sons did, and their livestock. She's basically like, you have nothing and you're no one. Just wish she knew who she was talking to. And Jesus doesn't get offended. He's patient. He doesn't yell at her. This is like a good game of I doubt it. Have you ever played the game I doubt it? 
You guys don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, because it's, it's called something else where you play it. I'm just saying. The game's name, I looked it online, it's I Doubt It. But y'all are sinners, so you're thinking something different. I'm not thinking something different. You are. Right? I doubt it. There's initials. Okay. So, so where they try to lay cards down, and then you're like, there can't be three aces. I got two right in my hand. That kind of thing. That's what she's doing. She's playing games. She's like, I doubt it. I doubt it. You can't do it. No, that's not true. Are you doing that with God? Are you like, I don't think so, God. I don't think you can do a miracle in this regard. I don't think, I don't think you can solve this one. This one's too hard for you. You don't have a bucket big enough or a rope long enough for this one, God. Do you have innocent, simple questions for God? He'll hear them. He'll hear your doubts. He'll hear your fears. He'll hear your questions. He's all ears. He's got that. And he's patient with you. Don't get caught up in the physical, whether it can or can't be done. Think about what God's trying to tell her. This is spiritual, lady. I got stuff going on here, and it doesn't have to be physical to be true. There's spiritual things going on. This next step, she needed to realize this, and so do we. Realize my own way leaves me empty. I gave you a water bottle. Everybody got a water bottle? Grab this and put it in your hand for this whole point, okay? Maybe you've drank some of it already, so you're not very thirsty, but if you didn't, don't drink it now. You might be thirsty, all right? So realize my way leaves me empty. Just one verse, verse 13. Jesus makes it so clear. We're going to put it on the screen for you. Here it is. Jesus said to her, and he answered her again. Praise the Lord. Thank you for your long suffering, Jesus. Okay. Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. You're going to drink it. It's yours to keep. You don't have to bring it back. Gift to you on Mother's Day. Moms, you can take it. And uh, there's going to be some packets uh, in, the, in the lobby. You can take it. You can use some waters and seeds, man. All you need is a little dirt outside the backyard or whatever. You can just do this and, you, and you're going to get something cool, all right? Because God's a God of wonders. All right. So, all right. So that's our gift to you, moms. Um, I think there's enough for one per family, but you, you, you check it out. We could be generous with one another. All right, so everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. You're going to be thirsty again. The fact is, my thirst for God is broken, right? You need to know that. I'm looking for, I'm looking to be filled up by some other things. Substances, food, water, Things worse, drugs, alcohol. I'm looking, I want to be filled up with substances. We've tried that. It leaves me empty. I want to be filled up with relationships. You know, that person I'm dating, they're cool. When we're together, I feel good. Until you don't feel good. Right? 
Relationships. What about accomplishments? Man, I get a lot of joy out of working. I love doing what I do. And uh, I probably would do it all day, every day. I kind of did that this week. I'm sorry, honey. Um, It won't happen again. It was just a busy week. But we get wrapped up in our accomplishments. So somehow our success kind of is like a drug that gets our adrenaline going and like makes us feel significant. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you do. Or experiences. If I could just go on that trip or this place or, you know, go to that concert, wouldn't it be awesome? And these experiences, but you come off of that high experience, that VKW moment where kids are like, I went to camp. And the next day, that's where Satan meets you in that low. We all have been there. Community. Until everybody's gone and I'm alone. Religion, until it's stale and it depends on me and not on God. We all need to realize that my way leaves me empty. I've tried it my way. It doesn't work. And you come to the end of yourself and you gotta, I mean, Jesus uses this common, this human example and he just makes it so easy, right? He's like, just like your body needs water, What was the first thing you learned how to do when you were a kid? Drink. That's it. Like this is 101. And Jesus is like, I'm right on it. So just like your body needs water, so your spirit, your soul needs Jesus, needs me. Right? Now, moms, because it's Mom's Day, I want to just point out this book. Uh, Amanda Walston shared it with me. I, I love it. I've perused it. I haven't read it, but... I'll be getting it for my wife. Idols of a mother's heart, right? We talked about all those idols that we, you know, we could have. These are all called idols, all these experiences. Idols of a mother's heart, okay? Written by Christina Fox. Go pick that up for your wife, guys, and uh, let, let her read that. Like, let her like, get sanctified, understand that, that, you know, my way it isn't working out. This leaves me empty. Even being a mom leaves me empty, Right? Even Mother's Day will leave me empty. If it didn't meet all my expectations and tomorrow's not Mom's Day, let you in on a secret. If you're a mature believer, Mom's Day's every day. We should always honor our moms. This is just the secular day to do it. We're godly people, right? Every day is Mom's Day. Honor your mom. All right, last point. This is it, really at the end. Just let me read verses 14 and 15. But, I mean, there it is again. Just, but, let's just change the script. Here it is. Whoever, it's for everyone, drinks of the water, salvation, the spirit, that I will give him, it's free, it's accessible, no strings attached. He will never be thirsty again. Can you imagine? He goes on to describe the water that I will give him will become in him, that's key, in him, a spring of water welling up, bubbling up to eternal life. Now you know this ain't physical. We're talking eternal life, not just life. She says to him, sir, give me this water so that I Will not be thirsty. You're like, well, maybe that's spiritual. Maybe she's thinking spiritual things. But then when she says this, or have to come here to draw water, you're like, doesn't get it. 
just doesn't get it, right? You're just like, I thought you had it. No, you don't. And um, just to be clear, Jesus isn't moving the target. The target has always been the same for Jesus. She's having a hard time finding it. You ever been like that with Christ? Like, I know Jesus is being really clear, but I'm really not getting it. And he keeps lovingly coming back. So just go ahead and have a seat again tomorrow. Take a seat. Listen to Christ. He'll give it to you again. Clears it all. All get out. And then hopefully you'll get it this time. Okay? Here's the last point. Accepting God's gift continually. So... This has some salvation overtones, undertones, however you want to say it. Like, this, like, he's trying to get her to accept the free gift of salvation. The water is the salvation, right? Drink of me. But, but there's more to it than that. And I'm just going to take a couple more minutes because this is important. I'm just going to take a couple more minutes to explain it to you. The, the water is also the Holy Spirit, He's talking about something. It's something he talked about in chapter 3 with, you must be born again. The wind blows. And then he's here saying, the living water flows. And then he goes on, look at chapter 7. Just flip a couple pages to the right. Look at chapter 7. Chapter 7, verse 37. You just got to get this. I can't end the message without giving you this. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the person of God in you. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, Christ is in you, Holy Spirit in you, filling you, right? I know you think he's my spirit soul, like he's my heart. He's like this. He's just kind of in there. He's just a little piece of me. Just a little Jesus. Like, Jesus doesn't want to be a little piece of you. And he definitely doesn't want you to shove him to the big toe area, right? He, he wants you to get up, to think spiritual thoughts, and to think, God, I need you here. I need you here. I need you to the fingers, to the toes, to the head. I need you everywhere. I need you to come up over my head and guard my mind. Wherever my feet go today. Like, I need to give you it all. You're all in me, right? I'm full of you. Start praying that prayer in the morning. That'll change things. Okay, so here it is, verse 37 of chapter 7. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out. Can you imagine this? If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. We're not talking woman at the well anymore. This is like a public gathering. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the, what does it say? The spirit whom those who believe in him were to receive. For as yet the spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. He wasn't crucified, risen again, resurrected and glorified, right? But he has been now. So you, you can go. I wanted to read for you as, as well. You can write it down. Um, chapter 14, verse 15 through 17. But then chapter 16 talks about the Holy Spirit. The whole book of John is talking about the Holy Spirit, how important the Holy Spirit is. And so just keep this in mind as you're going. So here's the point. He says to her, go call your husband. Why does he say that? Is he sexist? 
No, he's not. I mean, that's like he's talking to her. He would have just said that first. Why does he say that? He knows that's the one part where he can cut to the heart. He can be like, hold on. And she has a choice. She can repent. You know what? I don't have a husband right now. I'm divorced five times. Silly me, right? Like, please forgive me. But she gets deceptive. She's like, no, I don't really have a husband. And I'm not going to tell you about the guy that's living with me right now. And he's like, you know what? What you said is true. (laughs) But in saying it, he told her all that she had ever done. And she said to him, I perceive you're a prophet. We're getting somewhere now. Come back next week. We'll give you more. But here's the point of the last one. Accepting God's gift. Today you can accept God's gift. We actually have gifts right here that if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just grab one of these and start your relationship with Jesus. Just some materials in here that'll help you get on your way with Christ. Now, you might be sitting here and going, but I already had a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's just kind of stalled out. Accept Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if you accept him more than once. Accept Jesus Christ. Take one of these home and start it off right. That's great. I don't care. There's no like, well, I got saved when I was five, so I don't know if I can do that. That's Satan talking. He doesn't want you to commit to Jesus Christ again, all right? So that's why the word continually is on the back, because today's the day to be filled with the Holy Spirit again. Today's the day to come to Christ again. Today's the day to take a seat, stop being on my agenda, and start being on God's today, this Mother's Day. You'll never forget it. You'll just write it down, May 12th. 2019, I accepted Christ for the first time or again, and I want to be at the well with him every morning from here on out or every evening if you're an evening person. I'm a morning person. I'm going to do it. Somebody said something to me this week that really impacted me. I didn't plan to say it, but I'm going to say it because the Holy Spirit just reminded me of it. You get up in the morning, you walk outside, but you've never forgot to put your clothes on. You don't do that. Why not? It's a habit you formed. I'm going to look dumb if I don't have clothes on. That's going to be weird, right? So it's it's a capable thing. You, You can form a habit like that. And you can form it with the word. Why would you walk out without putting spiritual clothes on? Why would you walk out into this world without putting Christ on first? I want to invite you to that, right? I want to invite you to take a seat on your journey with Jesus. And I want to invite you to do it every day, maybe multiple times a day, depending on how tired you are. Because he's worth it. And he's sitting there at the well waiting for you waiting for the divine appointment all the time. That's awesome. Father God, thank you for how awesome you are and how you showed us so tangibly how awesome you are through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and that you've given us now the power 
of the Holy Spirit, that we have the Holy Spirit in us. <laughs> how awesome you are. How great you are at giving gifts. We're going to try to give our moms gifts today that will astound them and surprise them. But you, God, have given the greatest gift in all of eternity. You've given yourself. And today, whoever will come to the water just asking for it, can freely receive without any strings attached, living water welling up to eternal life. God, give your water away today. In Jesus' name, amen.